The Service Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. Welcome to Service Evolution, America's premier destination for service industry leaders. We deliver the advice and insight you need to get ahead in your career, learn new skills, and succeed in the competitive world of service. Our podcast features experts from across the country who provide their valuable insight on topics such as branding, strategy building, and customer service. Whether you're just starting out or looking for ways to take your company to the next level, Join us and discover how to make a positive impact today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at Service Evolution. We are here. We're back. We're ready to get this thing going. I'm here with my good friend, Jim Robinson, my co-host, our, our excellent... You're an expert, man. I don't know what to tell you. You just like you got the juice today. I don't love it, man. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, I brought a picture of juice, so let's juice it up. Yeah. Let's juice it. We're gonna we're gonna juice it. I love coming up with new words. We're gonna do that today. We're gonna create a new word. That's good. Let's... We're we're gonna yeah. We're talking about oh man, I don't want to say the G word. No, just don't. We're gonna uh, grit. Oh, <laughs> That, I new, did it. that new social word. The grit. Pers- pers- per- uh, persistence and resilience grit, I guess. And and why it's important, not just in the service industry, but in business and in life and what it, you know, that what those characteristics carry through and how they affect people uh in your company. And you know, you gotta have it. You gotta get moving and you gotta have this this persistence. So we're gonna talk about that. I know. If anyone I know who has these qualities, it is Jim Robinson. <laughs> Straight up. Hey, you got to get things done. You got to do whatever that takes. That's a hustle. That's it is a hustle. So we we're talking about grit and talking about how the culture is so in tune with, you know, the new uh, word, you know, the new buzzword. Yeah. So it was, it was I got like one. the word transparency. You know, transparency about eight years ago, 12 years ago, yeah. transparency came the word from it came from Washington right on down. And everyone started saying, you got to be transparent, transparent, transparent. I'm like, how much more do we have to hear that word before we just hate the word? So it's when I poke my eye out. Yeah. Society. Comes <laughs> up socials. I mean, socials is a great yeah. place to create a new word. And then everyone adapts to the new word. And now it becomes the hot button. Grit is one of those words. Of course, we yeah. talked about grit. Yeah, grit in the twenties, coming out of the uh, you know the first era of true depression, and yeah. you had to have grit. You were really that, gritty. But it's persistence. It's that's a that's just an age old word right there. It's pretty simple. That's what it is. Just go be that's persistent. what it really boils down to: is persistence and resilience and tenacity. It's a whole bunch of words, but we got to come up with a new. We got to coin some new phrase, and then we'll just get it out on the socials, and then bam, we got a new word. I know, tenaz, tenaz. I don't know about that one. You got to put that one back gotta, in the lock. You got to keep working. Yeah, <laughs> you got more to table do. that one. Today just got longer. <laughs> so more work you do. Today got longer for you. Man, I'll just add it to my list. Okay, we're gonna do that. 
Jim, why is persistence and resilience important qualities in the service industry? Let's lay it out for people. Yeah, and really in any any industry, it's because no, industry. no is usually the first response. People don't want change, so they're going to say no. And without the the persistence, the the tenaz, uh, the the grind, See? See, the, you're going to you're going to be able to keep pushing. You got to push through the nose. Yeah, and you really you have to be resistant to some of that because you're going to get those a lot. You you look at anybody that's ever made it. I'll put in quotes. Uh, anybody Hollywood, anybody in the music space, anybody in the service space, they all say, you know. I had a million no's before I got one yes. And years ago, when I used to use bank financing, it was the same. You, you know, you talk to 15, 20 banks, and they all say no. And they finally, you found someone that said yes, and then you don't even want them to say yes anymore. You're like, no, I don't <laughs> want you. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, tenacity, the drive, and to be able to push through those no's and the negativity that comes from either supply houses, uh, even the customers, even when, they, when they're coming at you in a negative way, you don't know what they did. They, did they lose their dog? Did they get a divorce? Did somebody pass? You don't know. And there's going to yeah. be some no's and negatives coming at you. Tenacity, persistence going to help you get through some of that stuff. Tenacity. Tanya. Consistently great performance. I love this phrase, CGP. How does persistence and resilience play a part and consistently great performance for a company. Yeah, well, when we put that phrase together, you know, many, many years ago, one is being very consistent, right? That's a big thing to me. I look for consistency and performance all the time. We develop techniques uh, procedurally uh, that it develops the consistent. Being great, I've done a couple of things on on the description of great, it means you're you're maybe perceived as very good, but mm. great isn't the same of what the buyer is going to see. You got to be really excellent for them to experience great. So we have that phrase in there: consistently great, great. So you're always you know sending out very good service because that's the equivalent in the in the results chart. And then performance, that's really what we do. We perform based on procedures every day, all day. And that performance matters. You have to perform really, really well. It means you got to be ready to go. You get up, go. You're going to perform all day. You perform when you get home at night. You perform, you have to perform on a set of standards. And so we just called it performance. Consistently great performance. Mm-hmm. I like it. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Makes sense. Makes sense. You know, I, that's why I love doing these things. It's not rocket science, but it, but it is kind of. There's kind of a, there's kind of a. It's not. We talked about last episode, kind of having a cheat code. It's not a cheat code, but it's like it's kind of a. If you can just get this stuff ingrained in your company, whew, sky's the limit. Sky is the limit. Sky's people, the limit, man. People only have their own limitations based on what they tell themselves. That, that, yeah. That's really it's super easy. Like From, in, the, in the book, like the sub, you know, consistently great performance. The, the subtitle is how to win and serve top rated clients. 
Mm-hmm. Isn't that subjective? Very. It's based on an opinion that every client is the number one client. How to win top rated. Is it is not every client top rated until they prove otherwise? So that's really what it is. So it's per, it's perception. It's what you project out is what you're going to get back. And if yeah. you are consistently great performing and you are going for all top tier clients, they're really going to become top tier clients because of your perception and how you're going to serve them at that level. It's a giant win. I'm out the wins, man. We talk about strategy a lot. And it's because this podcast is set up to give people ways to win in the service industry, ways to excel, to educate themselves, to get better. When it comes to persistence and resilience and having a strategy for that, how do companies, is there a way to implement a strategy when it comes to getting these qualities in their culture? Well, strategy is just a way to accomplish, right? So that's right. You got to define what those strategies are. One through four, one, you get to decide. Strategy is really coming up with action items to accomplish goal or, you know, whatever that achievement needs to be. And that's conveyed by somebody in the company, the department head, me, somebody. And so being able to uh, strategize to get there, it's no different. If you want to change people to raise their grit, one, you got to have positive reinforcement. You got to give the attaboy girls. You got to have rewarded behavior that you want to increase or repeat. So you have to re- continually reward those behaviors. The tenacity is, it's just drive. And if you see or you show them a way they're going to win, they'll continue to pursue that. The consistency is, is you show them consistency, they'll develop consistency. So that means talk about it, show them, be that, be here every morning in the office earlier than they are, leave when they are done. All of that is very consistent behaviors and they'll adapt those because they're going to, they're going to mimic what they, what they're following. Tenacity. Drive. Yeah. I love that. It, see, it's not hard, but, but you just have to implement that strategy. And it's, it's a strategy, even though, you know, like you said, show and tell, right? Show. You got to show, you got to show them what persistence looks like. I've talked about that a million times. You've heard so me. many times. I say kindergarten was great because it taught me how to do show and tell, not tell and show. And you can tell all you want and people will eventually doubt you. <laughs> if you right. show them all everything you got to offer, show them and then talk about how you accomplished it. Now we're back to show and tell. It aligns perfectly with kindergarten. It's a no brainer. Go show and then tell. Here's my widget I got on vacation. You're going to love this, and here's my story behind it. And if you do the talent show, you're going to lose. They're going to lose. People will be impacted in a very negative way, not a positive way. They won't trust. I love that. That stick it sticks with me, man. I don't know why it's a show and tell thing. I don't know if it's a. It just it sticks with me. The whole example always does. <laughs> you're welcome. It just it's in my freaking head. Thank you. I want to, you know, I, I, okay, so show and tell. So I want you to tell. I want you to, to give me, if you can give me an example of how resilience and tenacity and persistence has played a role in your own experience in the service industry. Like how has that 
impacted you? Growing business, uh, you know, being able to grind away every day and have zero results. It was uh, critical to say, geez, it's not about today. It's not about a paycheck on Friday. It's beyond. And it's way beyond. It's the future thinking. It's that positive experience. The tenacity of in business when you start, you get a lot of no's. You had a lot of high days, but you have more low days because there's a lot more no's coming at you than the, than the yeses. And eventually that starts to shift and then they start seeking you and then the yeses go really high. And that takes a long time. For me, it took 10, 12 years before it started to really get some traction. But if you don't have the tenacity, I mean, statistically, businesses starting, 95, 98% of them are gone in three years. And that's a staggering number. People start out with good intentions. They don't have the grit, the grind, the tenaz to go beyond that period. And they usually say it's because taxes and other things catch you at three years that you just don't, you don't anticipate. Yeah. And I've taught a lot on the subject. We've had a lot of opportunities to build businesses, people that are run businesses. And the three year and beyond, every year after that, the bullseye gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So three mm-hmm. years is the easy part. The grit and the grind and the hustle has to increase exponentially year over year because the bullseye on your back gets bigger. You become a bigger target. And certainly in business, you become a bigger threat to competitors. And so they don't want you there either. So you have to have that grind. You have to have that persistence in going through the nose, going through the negativity, having positive experiences only and just you know, transition that and get everybody on the team thinking that way. Yes, we have a couple of naysayers. Oh my God, I got so much work to do. And for me, it's just, oh my God, I have so much opportunity. Hmm. Some people send me a goal. I want to get my emails down below 200 for the week or something. And my response is, I'm going for 1,200 this week. I want to get at least 1,200 in my email box. And it's because every email is, a, is an opportunity versus every email being a negative. And so it's just a different perception. It's what you put on it. And so the more emails I got, man, the more opportunity. One, I get spam mail. Which is cool because I learn. It's my choice to delete it or keep it, but at least I get an opportunity to peruse something and then I just toss it if I don't need it. Opportunities that are, you got to stay in it. You got to go after it. You got to be persistent, even when it's negative or no. Even when it's negative or no, you have to be able to keep going forward. There are companies that they would die to have 200 emails coming in that they have to deal with. You know what I mean? It's 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 all perspective. It is how you think of it, I 100%. I think they say getting to your first million in business is the, one of the hardest things to do. And then after that, it's 10 million. You know, and, and things shift and change dramatically. And I, and I think to myself, in the journey that you've been through, how grit, how persistence and resilience has played a role on every step of that journey, right? From getting to that first million, like you said, getting to the first 11,000, right? When you first started to getting to that first million and then having your first employees come on board. And I know you keep track of, you know, all those, those employees that joined your team early on. 
to getting to a team of 20, 30, you know, a hundred plus people that are, that work with you to serving some of the largest companies in the country. It's crazy. Yeah. Like how much energy and tenacity you have to go after it every single day to get it. It's and a, if you don't it is a drive. have that mindset. Yeah. And if it doesn't come natural, it could be painful for those that it doesn't come natural for. The ones that it is so natural to have that grind and grit and persistence. Like I said, you know, early on, 10 years of not seeing my wife, really, it would be really random times that I would see her. And it was because we were doing renovations at night. And I was thinking at that time, nobody does this. I mean, literally everybody goes home at five. What if, what if we could offer a service that ran all day and through the night? And so we created an entire uh, industry of where working at night is just a natural behavior to serve and solve issues. But it has been for us for 20 plus years, 25 years. So in the beginning, when I started it, I was also on the night shift because I didn't have anybody. I couldn't afford anybody at that time. So it was me, day shift and night shift. And occasionally I would end up at home and sleep for four or five hours and then I'd be back in the grind. Persistence was the only way that that would ever have gotten done. Sure will. Yeah, and bootstrap businesses, they, their stories are all the same. I mean, mine is not an anomaly. It's not a unique story. It may be to some, but to another person that's done what we've done, their story is going to be very similar. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. TV, TV tray in my living room for 15 years, and then it happened. And it's usually not money-based. I do a, a series where I show the abyss in each hole from million to 2.5 to five and then 10 and then, and then businesses create a life of their own, much like AI and everything else creating their own life. But yeah. at about 10, it gets its own life. And it's really not the 10 million mark. It has to do with employees and positions and how you fill them. But then the entity grows itself. And the one that had all the grit in the beginning has a very different calling at that you become the visionary, strictly visionary, not the doer. You are being mm-hmm. more present versus doing more present. We talk a lot about a positive mindset. And I think we know that that's important when it comes to having persistence and having, you know, the ability to just drive through the hard stuff. But I want to talk about reframing because people have setbacks and how do you, and I always talk about, you have this gym, the gym vision. (laughs) I always talk about how you see things and just the gymism and the way you do it is like, you have your own set of glasses on that sees the world and you're in your way, but that's what it takes to me. You know, you can call whatever you call, I call it reframing. Uh, you know, a lot of people will talk to you and say, oh, you're reframing the situation. But how does reframing the setbacks contribute to persistence and to tenacity when you're when it comes to uh, serving people? That's a cool question, actually, is um, reframing comes from one, you got to acknowledge. So see it for what it is. And if it's a really negative perception wise to somebody you can start to diminish what that intensity is. And as you see it for what it truly is, not the, you know, blow up. So when you have a car wreck, first off, 
Right. One thing we coach in our teams is don't get out of your van and start crying. Yeah. It's a it's a terrible you know experience to have a car wreck. If somebody's injured, just dial 911. Be very positive on the 911 call because you need to help that person not panic. And as you are serving the person that either hit you or you hit them, there's an opportunity to impact and change the trajectory of what just happened. And it's how you see things is what's going to dictate the trajectory. When you see things in a positive and it's, I just spoke with 911, they're on their way, they're going to be here in 10 minutes. That's all positive versus, I don't know when they're going to be here. I called them. I'm sitting on the phone. They're not here yet. I don't know what's going to happen. Please, you know, instead of in the panic mode, see it for what it is. Make it smaller, then create the resolution or the result you want to accomplish with it. So when things get negative or perceived negative, you got to see it for what it truly is. Not what you're thinking it is in the moment. Think about what you're going to see it as in on Friday or in one year from today. When you're sitting with somebody at the bar having a beer, you're sitting at church having a, a, a fellowship of some kind, depends on your thing. I can tell you in one year, your conversation will be very different than it was in that moment. Let's mm. just go ahead and go get to the future. Let's just go talk about it like it's three weeks from today or one year from today in the moment. Because nothing ever turns out like you think it is. It's always going to be different. So don't over don't over evaluate something. See it in the future. That means see it for what it is, make it smaller, and then find the resolution to go forward. It's pretty simple. It's natural to me to do that. It's, somebody coined the coined the phrase "piece of cake," and I love using that. <laughs> yeah. I love using that. It's you know I don't know who the hell we'd have to Google that. See if we can find out who the hell came up with that phrase. Piece of cake is somebody in that same mentality of just saying, you know what? Don't overthink that task. It's a piece of cake. Everybody loves to eat a piece of cake once in a while. It's so simplistic. And so whoever came up with that phrase or when they came up with that phrase, it was because they were thinking the same way. You, you, people are overthinking things. Let's, let's just see it for what it is. Now let's make it positive and find a resolution. And a resolution could say, I'm not going to do it. It's going to go away. Or here's what we're going to do to go forward and do it. Piece of cake. So I had to look it up. I had to look it up. Yeah. What do you get? Okay. So it doesn't really tell me exactly who, but it talked about it being coming popular in, in the 1930s. And it was thought to have originated from the expression as easy as pie. There it is. There's Piece another cake. phrase. Another Piece phrase. Pie. If you're in the Piece South. Piece of cake. Listen, people, you listen to this podcast. If you're in the South, I guarantee you, easy as pie is one of your words. Easy as pie. That's one of the phrases. You know what my wife says? Easy as enchiladas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she does. <laughs> and I don't, by the way, enchiladas are not easy. So I don't know what she's talking about there. Yeah. But it's, it's, it, everyone has it's like exactly kind of what phrase, we're saying. You know? It's simplifying a challenging exactly. thing. Yeah. It's easy as enchilada. No, enchilada takes a lot of work. Roll the tortilla, roll it up. Uh, it's, it's, it's a ton of work. Of, a lot of work in there. That's two hours yeah. before you even get the bacon. But so it's, that seeing it, it's seeing it in a more simplistic way than what's actually happening. I love your car wreck analogy because that actually happened to me. Yeah. Believe it or not. You know, I was 19. I had uh, a little red Toyota that I bought. I was, bought it myself. I was so excited. 
and I had it for a short time. And I, uh, being 19, was not that great of a driver, believe it or not. I know it's hard to believe. I love your optimism me. like that. I right know. Another evolved. Yeah. I've been in the car with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little better. That, that's a perfect uh, example of positivity right there. It's exactly. I made a left turn and I got T-boned and it knocked me three, uh, 160 degrees, turned around into someone's yard. And I got out and the guy who hit me was probably 80. And, and him and his wife in the Cadillac, and he came out to shake my hand. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I think. But that, to me, that, that resonated right now. I, did, I have not thought about it in, in that way until now. Because, you know, and it's the, he's like, oh, your car, you know? And he's like, don't worry about it. It's just a car. It's just a car. Oh, man. As just, long as you're it's okay. just perspective, right? He reframed that situation, made me feel a lot better because I was freaked out. Because <laughs> it's nineteen, you know, it's like a, it's a, it was just a whole new experience for me. And he was just like, "Nah, no big deal." Some of our listeners right now are experiencing that same thing. You know, they had a car wreck and they may have panicked. Mm-hmm. A wife or a husband called and said, "Oh my gosh, this happened." And I and I don't want to take away from the really seriousness of a car accident yes. at all. I don't want to diminish any of that, but. It's really how you see it is what's going to be the the, the outcoming of that. And it's uh, the guy shaking your hand saying, are you okay? That's a very different perspective than him jumping out, ranting and raving and panicking. Oh, yeah. That would have freaked me out even more. You would have went through the roof on an... Through the roof. He literally settled the entire situation down. And that's all they are is cars. That's it, man. Yeah. Yeah, great, great analogy. Great story. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our second half of the show here. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember, call CGP. They are ready to be on site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they're a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today, 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Sean Black. You're listening to Service Evolution, where we talk about the service industry. And uh, you know what? We're kind of the best at it. We're kind of a big deal. I'm not going to say it out loud, but I've been thinking about it. And I think we're, I think we're just the best you at it. You are very, very so, subdued in the statement. That was good. I know. <laughs> Thank you. You know, we've been talking today, we've been been talking about persistence, resilience, tenacity, grit. Ugh. Tenaz is our new one. Yeah, that's a new that's a new one. That's a new one. We you know it's really about how this qualities, qualities, behaviors shape people's reality and and how they see it and how it impacts their lives and the lives of other people and, and what it takes to to have that. And so I kind of want to jump back in here. You know, we talked a lot about reframing and looking at the situation. 
and, you know, having a positive outlook and a mindset to be able to help facilitate that grit, help get through it, you know, and it does take a lot of that tenacity to get through and, and build a company and then really start impacting people's lives. And that's what it's really kind of about, right? I want to talk about a network of people. And you had brought it out a couple of different times. I know that you have your roundtables and your other coaches and your mentors and people that you surround yourself with. How, you know, kind of what role does that play in maintaining persistence and resilience? Well, it's by example. I mean, when you have your circles that are doing the same thing, it's easy to stay in that space, either be the influencer or be an influenced by uh, that same. When you think you got a lot of grit and then you meet, yeah. you know, somebody else that just is full of grind all day and they're doing red line treatment all day. They're literally just on the gas pedal. You're like, man, I'm kind of weak at this. And so being in those circles, it changes you because of your authentic self may be weak in the moment, but it'll accelerate quick when you're in that same circle of people. So you got to have those circles. You got to be in those same, you know, like-minded groups to where they are thinking the same way, but may be stronger than you. If you're the strongest one there, you got to go find another group. If you're the weakest one there, you may be holding them back. You need to find the middle group because they will. If they're fully on the gas pedal, one in those spaces, people only get there because they want to be a contributor. They want to impact lives and they want to be impacted. And as we're impacting lives, our lives are being impacted. So that's why the teacher teaches. When you're teaching, you're learning the most. And when you stop, it's when you don't learn that much. So you really got to be... You got to be teaching, got to be coaching, got to, all of our people, we teach them to be coaches, inspire people. We even ask every weekly meeting, who are you impacting? Who are you intentionally impacting? That means you know what they need and how to drive a different result. It doesn't matter what it is. You just have to be focused. My focus is on education, new experiences. How am I impacting that all the time? In your 40 years of, you know, a business and, and leading people and coaching and all this stuff, has there been someone in your life that really you looked at them and you're like, damn, that dude's got grit. <laughs> like, like that has really impacted you. Have asked that question again. Yeah. If you had to name someone, like, is there someone that has inspired you that you looked in your group, like in that and those CEO roundtables are in your 40 years, you're like, dang, dude, like you were saying, you, you're in that group and you look up to other people who are redlining, you know, so hard. And you're like, dang, dude, I want to be like that guy. Like uh, that inspires you. Have you had someone in your life that's done that? I've always wanted to be me. So yeah. I've really never looked at somebody saying, geez, I want to be like that guy or that gal. Sure. Or anything. I've always wanted to be me, but I always wanted to be my best self, whatever that is. And that means for me, continually growing. And that meant for me to hang out with those people that have that grit, that have that drive, that have accomplished great things. I wanted to watch how they did that. And I, if you've sat by me when I'm in a meeting, I take copious notes. Mm-hmm. And as they are speaking, it makes me think very differently. And I may be writing a lot, but I may not be writing what they said. 
it may be reflecting on an experience that I can change, enhance, or use to drive my grit. And so I've never, up until 12 years ago or so, or 10 years ago, I didn't even know or realize that I truly had a competitor. I, I literally... Yes, it's, it's true. It's a true statement. I, I literally, they somebody asked me that and I said, I have no idea who my competition would be. And I know of a few names now, I think three or four that are in our space, working with the same people we work with. I just never, I never perceived competition. I just didn't understand it really. It just wasn't my thing. It's everybody working together to drive a result. And today we call them competition. It's just peer groups. We're all driving the same result. We're here to serve and we can do that better together than being segregated saying us and them. Yeah. And so for me, it's always been how big of, how big of a party can we create to drive a result? How many people can we put together? It doesn't matter if it's the perceived competitor. Why aren't we all working together for the common good, for the greater good, serve a different result? We're only here to serve, and we can do that better. They say go fast, you go alone. If you want to, if you want to create impact and big results, you better bring the better bring the village. Yeah. Because you really got to impact lives, but it takes the whole village to do that. Why don't we all work together, drive the same result? Or drive a bigger result. So to answer your question, there was nobody that I've ever hung out with that said, geez, I want to be like that person. I've all, always went to all of those greats that we see on you know TV or conferences or whatever. I always went to watch how they do things so that it would make me better at what I do. So you model their behavior. So I can model the behavior of the grit, the grind, yeah, the persistence. And so I would take copious notes about what did I need to shift? And so they start speaking, and I'm like, whoa, that sparked something. I remember last month I was, and I got to write that. I got to spell it all out. And it, it also inspired me to write content, book content, other post-type content that I just write, and I got libraries full of content that I've written over the years. It's, I just get inspired that way. So I want to just be my best me. And whatever that is, I just want to make sure I'm always working to be that best. So it reminds me of, I'd say probably one of my favorite books is Green Light. And it's simple. It's an easy book by Matthew McConaughey. And I, I can listen to him read the telephone book. Like he's yeah. got, he's got that. So that takes a swing, you know, that, that, that flair in his voice. And he, he says, you know what? I, my, who my hero is, my hero is five years, uh, uh, you know, me five years from now. Yeah. That's my hero. Yeah. And he goes, when I got, when I got to that me five years from now, I'm like, dang, my hero now is me 10 years from now. Yeah. You know? And so that reminds me of that. I'm like, I like that. And I think it's interesting how that perspective, I think is tied to a lot of people who are very successful. You know, it's not necessarily like they want to be like anybody else, but they want to be the very best who they are. Yeah. You know? I, I've given a talk on even Tom Cruise. And mm. fan or not a fan, doesn't matter. But he was interviewed and they were asking about how did you become this star? And when you went to Hollywood, did you set out to be this big star? And today, I don't know if he's the number one, but when I listened to this story back in probably the 90s or early 2000s, he says, no, I only went to Hollywood to be my very best and to test my abilities. And that resonated with me in a big way. This is 20 plus years ago. Mm. Because that's an example of he went there not to prove that he could be a movie star. 
but that he could be the best at his craft. And argumentatively, he could easily be proven as one of the greats that come out of Hollywood from his acting. And no judgment here, but from his acting career is what the interview was specifically about. He wanted to be his best self. And if you've ever watched him in Top Gun or whatever. He's great. He's not mimicking anybody. No. He is. He's just Tom Cruise. He's the authentic Tom Cruise. So that's really McConaughey is the same. I would suspect the other leaders that even I hang out with. I don't see anyone in them. I see repetitive conversations, all the current conversations. We're all talking in the same circles. That's why we all say the same things in the same way most of the time. And But they're all very authentic selves. And they didn't know who they were following or who they were becoming other than themselves. And they were just picking up on how to get it done. And so I love that. Most of these people are very much their authentic selves. McConaughey, same yeah, yeah. thing. You know, it's it's funny bringing up Tom Cruise. I just watched a documentary. They got a new Duo Seven coming out, and there's a scene, this jump, where he's jumping this bike off this ramp and then parachuting because it's a huge, huge jump. He had to do that over a thousand times before they filmed it, and then when they filmed it, and he success, successfully jumped and parachuted, they did it like another twenty or thirty times. Talk about freaking resistance or resilience and, yeah. and persistence. Grit. Man. I'm, I'm old enough. So that's a great example. I'm old enough to remember Evil Knievel. Oh, yeah. He was, Ooh. he set out to be his very best, to jump the highest and the farthest. And everything he did was on the edge. He didn't copy anybody. No. And then since then, yes. they have far, far exceeded whatever his giant dream yeah. was. But without his giant dream, there wouldn't have been other people trying to accomplish the same dream in their own unique way. Yeah, they inspired him. Inspired them people to, to he impacted go lives. jump over <laughs> buses. He impacted, yeah, he impacted lives. lives. Yeah. That's what this is all really about, you know? It is. Impact lives. You can do it in a profound being, way. Being persistent, being resilient, having grit, being able to get through and push through is the only way you're going to be able to do it to, to, to make that impact. But along the way, it takes a toll. It can take a toll. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you is, what are some self-care practices or, or ways that you kind of refilled, recharged you know, yourself that could help other industry professionals along the way? What have you found? I'm not doing anything others aren't doing, I would suspect. Meditation, prayer for me is really powerful in the morning. It gets my day going. It grounds me, keeps me grounded so I can stay focused on what matters. Being in and having circles of influence in various different verticals, that's been very important. So my peer groups are different groups from different entities. And those those also keep me grounded, quite frankly. And they also give me an opportunity to contribute. And as I go to contribute, I ultimately journal and I learn a ton more about any given something I've been teaching for 20, 30 years. I learn something very different every time I coach or teach on it. And so I I have a, a person I was coaching recently in the finance business. And our last coaching session was Thursday last week. And it was monumental what they were able to accomplish by what little bit of coaching 
and that circle of influence. And when I first accepted the challenge, I told her, I said, uh, I'm looking to be impacted by your coaching and teaching as we go through this exercise. All I did was spell out some process and systems. We spent about 90 days together total. And I'm telling you the impact that it that journey had on me was really significant. And it was the same things we talk about every day, but it was presented in a different way. She presented it in a different way. I received it in a different way just from the time and just the interaction. And so being able to have those other circles is really important in leadership roles. Same in peer groups and management level mm-hmm. and, and beyond. Those folks need to make sure they're having that same kind of conversation. Our CFO does it. She's in a CF, CFO peer group. And they bounce ideas all the time uh, via email and Zooms. And they're able to ask questions of peers that they probably have already went through and experienced. And now it's going to be impacted differently. So it's an advancement of whatever that all the time. So whatever the topic or category is. And so being able to coach this gal in the finance business, and they're they're well into the $100 million range in service and product, because they're retailing products of financing, but they're doing really, really, really well. And as we transitioned, it was like, wow this was a really a good piece. And I, you know, very, without getting too detailed, it was really about positional transitions. And it was really, you got to create that structure and let it go. And it was predicated on trust factor versus control factor. And we dug deep on the DISC, the DISC profile, figured out who was controlling what. And then we coached Mm -hmm. them through how to relinquish. And so we had a tremendous opportunity and I grew on that journey. New experiences, coaching That's the awesome. same topics, but I grew on, had the opportunity to grow on that journey. I want to talk about, I'm curious, we talk about celebrating, and I don't think we've ever been the greatest at it, but we're, we're, we always consistently work at getting better at it, you know, and I, I think, but can celebrating success along the way enhance that resilience, enhance that persistence? Well, there's two different things. One, you got to celebrate people's wins especially generationally. I mean, and even today, right? We we now have these little kids going out playing that we don't even allow them to keep a score anymore. Can you imagine these kids going into real work and they have no idea how to keep score? Yeah. How, how well does society actually think they're going to perform in 20 years when they actually hit the, the career path? It's going to be very complicated. We're creating that mess today. So we just have to, you know, see generationally what that looks like and what that feels like. But you need to keep score. You need to reward and celebrate people's W's. Those big wins, you got to celebrate the W's. And I'm not exceptionally great at that. And sometimes I look at grit and sometimes it overtakes those moments to smell the roses. And there is Mm -hmm. a balance in that. The more grit and grind you have is the more grit and grind you have. And it's it perpetuates, self-perpetuates. It just continually grows in, in on itself. It becomes its own little living organism. And so sometimes we fail to slow down to celebrate. My birthday being today and all these balloons sitting behind me is an opportunity for others to acknowledge my birthday and for me 
for the first time other than my tenure. I always celebrate big on the 10 years, but it's always been so I could donate to somebody else. And so I've thrown these big bashes on my even number, you know, every 10 years, starting at 20, and we give back. And I realized just a couple of years ago, I think I mentioned this earlier, I've been depriving people of their true care and gift to be able to give back to us, to me specifically for my birthday. And everybody wants to celebrate some kind of a birthday or something. Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful in balancing our grit and what that celebration looks like. To celebrate the team, it's a big thing. We give people birthdays, paid day off. And could I take that away today? No. Everybody just thinks that's the deal. And that's the, my celebration. I usually text them or you know send them some kind of a message saying, you know, happy birthday, enjoy your day off. And it's kind of a big deal. I want to celebrate people. And just recognizing a few years ago, I never allowed anyone to celebrate me. And it was because I didn't. Yeah. Well, you tell me all the time, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Right? Being so gritty, being yeah. so pers- persistent and... Strength and, is your weakness. You're right. Then that just you become that machine. You just get going and then... You, you, it can be a problem too. It's, it's why we created a, a systematic approach to yeah. acknowledging the birthday. Celebration. We, we had to celebrate that birthday some way, but we had to make it a, an, a system, a systemized approach to that to make sure we acknowledge it. And today, Mondays, I get an alert. It tells me people's anniversaries, their work anniversaries, and tells me their birthdays. And so I know that now I'm put on alert. Here's who I need to call, acknowledge, celebrate them, have a win for them. And, of course, they get a day off. All right, man. Well, this has been an awesome, awesome show. I mean, it's we're like 50 minutes into it. I can't believe it went that fast. Wow. We're way over. Way over, man. Way over. I'm supposed to way be over. over. Team was going to take me to lunch today. They probably have already eaten. You've probably eaten. <laughs> One final message or, or encouragement. Would you? What would you like to give to our listeners uh, regarding resilience, regarding persistence? Don't let let the naysayers get you down. It's easy, and you might find one in the crowd that just crumbles your knees, weakens you. You've got to find the resilience to get past that because it makes you stronger on the other side. And the odd thing is, is those people that are the naysayers are trying to tear you down are the ones that need you the most. In those moments of naysaying and negativity, they need to see you show up in a positive way. You're impacting them. They're impacting you in a negative. You can change that and impact them in a positive. But you got to be present. You've got to use tenacity. You've got to use drive and persistence to be able to do that. Don't let it get you down. Always drive forward. Add positivity. It'll impact lives. Awesome, man. All right. Well, go celebrate. Go have lunch. Thank you for being such a huge impact on, you know, on everyone here on the show. I, I, I couldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. It's been such a great episode. I can't wait till the next one. So thank you, Jim. Thank you for being on, buddy. Good times. Thanks to you. Thank you for the uh, opportunity to share some info. Info bombs. Info bombs, man. That's it. For everyone who's wanting more of those freaking info bombs, you know, just hit subscribe. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, give us a like, hit subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, Thank you, first of all. And then uh, if you're adding value, if we're adding value, if you like what we're doing, subscribe. And then hit that little bell for notifications. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much. Jim, we'll see you next time, buddy. Thank you very much. See ya. See you later.